0: morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, January 10th. On this date in 1956, Elvis Presley began his first recording session for RCA Records. Among the songs he recorded was Heartbreak Hotel. We'll keep our fingers crossed that there's no heartbreak in Tuesday's forecast. Let's find out over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. Hey, good Tuesday morning I'm meteorologist Joey Sovat. A few clouds early today. Those are going to get out of here quickly. All sunshine then as we head towards late morning, lunchtime, and this afternoon. Temperatures go up into the mid-60s for highs this afternoon. and start to cool back down very quickly once we get into this evening. Chilly overnight, 38, 68 tomorrow, mostly sunny. Now, Thursday looks mainly dry. By the time we get in Thursday night, very early Friday morning, we'll see a chance of some rain move through. And then behind that, we're turning chilly but sunny for the upcoming weekend
1: you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader life 5 news
0: now let's check your morning headlines
1: new this morning we are working to learn more information about a fire on james island crews with the charleston fire department responded to a home on burning tree road near the charleston country club around 10 p.m uh, last night no injuries were reported we've reached out for more information of course we'll update you as it comes in
0: charleston county ranks second in the state when it comes to reported human trafficking cases That data comes from State Attorney General Alan Wilson, who released South Carolina's 10th annual human
1: trafficking report yesterday. Yeah, the numbers also show that uh, more victims were reported in South Carolina in 2022. Anna Harris, she spoke with two low country organizations that treat victims of human trafficking to learn why increasing education on this topic is so very important.
2: This report shows Charleston County has 14 of the 124 human trafficking reports from across the state. But both organizations say this crime is still underreported and some of these cases could be happening under the radar. Officials say this report does not show how many actual cases there are, but rather where most of these reports are coming from. According to the South Carolina Attorney General's annual report, Charleston County has reported the second highest number of trafficking cases in the state. Organizations like the Formation Project and IM Voices treat victims of human trafficking and help identify where this issue comes from. Both organizations explain it goes beyond just their help to stop this from growing into a bigger problem. For example, equipping our service providers and our first responders with the resources that they need and involving psychiatrists and therapists. They say Charleston County is not alone
1: and want folks to keep reporting. It's not simply enough to just hear it, to see it and see the report and say, oh, wow, those numbers are big. No, it, it means more to actually do something, attend a meeting, learn, research the organization and see what we're doing in the community and how you can be of assistance.
2: We asked Charleston County deputies about the report, and they responded with a statement that reads in part, quote, Human trafficking is something our agency takes very seriously, no matter the trends. We believe reporting of possible human trafficking has improved as a result of public education, first responder training, and robust reporting methods. CCSO has worked closely in recent years with the regional task force to employ new training. To report an incident or seek victim services, you can contact local law enforcement or the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 888-373-7888. This hotline is confidential and is open 24 hours, seven days a week. In the newsroom, Anna Harris, Sly 5 News.
0: Agents with the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division say two people from the Bowman area have been charged in a human trafficking case. SLED says 32-year-old Alana Westbury is charged with trafficking a victim under the age of 18 and three counts of unlawfully placing a child at risk. 61 year old John Williams is charged with first degree criminal sexual conduct with a minor under 11 and trafficking a victim under 18. Court documents say Westbury helped solicit an underage victim for sex, that she forced the victim to complete sexual acts with someone else and that she got money for it. Westbury and Williams have been booked into the Orangeburg County Detention Center.
1: The North Charleston Police Department tells us that two people have been arrested in connection to a deadly shooting at a North Charleston motel in October. Now, officers say 22-year-old Brooklyn Mitchell was arrested by North Charleston police and the U.S. Marshals Task Force, and 19-year-old Marquand Stanley was arrested Sunday. Police say Stanley and Mitchell both face several charges, including murder. Police say that shooting happened on October 26 when they responded to the relax-in, located on Ashley Phosphate Road. Officers say they found 19-year-old Kewan uh, Ford, uh, who was taken to the hospital for a gunshot wound, and officers say he died from those injuries a few days later.
0: A man accused of shooting and killing a woman on James Island in 2019 has pleaded guilty to his crimes. In court yesterday, Brandon Simmons made a plea deal instead of going to trial. In the deal, his charges were changed from murder to manslaughter which carries a 15-year sentence. Some of Smith's time in custody leading up to his guilty plea will count toward the 15 years he must serve. Simmons was also charged with and pleaded guilty to possession of a weapon during a violent crime. His five years for that charge will be served at the same time as the 15 years for manslaughter.
1: A low country hospital is spreading the word about a new support group for survivors of head and neck cancer.
0: Trident Medical Center says head and neck cancer is rare. It only makes up about 4% of all cancers, which makes it even more critical to connect patients with others who are going through the same struggle.
1: Our Molly McBride joins us live now. And Molly, tell us a little bit more about why the support group is so vital for those with head and neck cancer.
3: Absolutely. Good morning, ladies. I spoke to Dr. Jeffrey Holton, a head and neck surgeon here at Trident Medical who tells me head and neck cancer has a major impact on quality of life, affecting all five of a patient's senses. Dr. Holton says he and his team have treated thousands of patients with head and neck cancer, but have never experienced experienced it themselves. That's why this group has been created. Dr. Holton says learning from patients who've undergone this type of cancer creates a very strong support network. During the support group, survivors can share their experiences and challenges, and people can ask any questions they may have. Dr. Holton says receiving support is of course helpful, but he's noticed many patients benefit the most from giving back to others who are still undergoing treatment. You're not alone. Um, These are rare cancers. You probably don't have family members that have had this before. You probably don't have friends that have had this before. But there's a lot of people who have gone through head and neck cancer treatment. And, um, you know, that's a brotherhood, that's a sisterhood. And there's many generous patients that are very willing and jumping at the opportunity to help you through your treatment. Today's free group starts at 1 p.m. and will be held here at Trident Medical's Head & Neck Specialist Building. To register, you can call 843-797-3463 or head over to live5news.com and register online through a link under this web story. Reporting live in Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News.
0: Thank you, Molly. Parts of the Waccamaw Neck Bikeway will be closed this week for a controlled burning at Huntington Beach State Park. That bikeway runs through Polly's Island, north up to the Ori County line. Parts of that section will close in intervals until controlled burning is complete. The controlled burn is part of wildfire mitigation efforts. The buildup of wood fuels like dead and downed trees from years of hurricanes, storms, and beetle damage have created a high wildfire risk for the area, which poses a risk to homes nearby. The work is expected to take about a month. The path will be open during the process as much as possible whenever authorities deem that that work does not pose a danger to riders on the path. On this date in 1967, National Educational Television operated as a true TV network for the first time. It carried President Lyndon Johnson's State of the Union address that evening. If you've never heard of NET, don't worry. We know that network today as PBS, the public broadcasting service. Do you own a George Foreman grill in your home? Well, if you do, wish a happy birthday to him. The Boxing Hall of Famer and Entrepreneur turns 74 today. Also celebrating birthdays this Tuesday, rock singer Rod Stewart is 78 and singer Pat Benatar is 70. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. We hope you'll make a habit of it. I'm Katie Cameron. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.